Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. I think I'm going to be bringing you guys all the latest news in and around the world of Coapa. We're going to be recapping that 0-0 draw against... uh, Querétaro away at the Corregidora. And then we're going to get you guys uh, all set up, ready for the home opener against uh, Necaxa, which should be hopefully a promising matchup in the Estadio Azteca for America. And then in between of all that, we'll get you guys covered with all things related to the team, transfer rumors, squad updates, who's being registered, who's being dropped, all that good stuff, and a little bit of super classical news in along the way. But to help me do all of that, of course, as always, are my two co-hosts. It is New York favorite resident Christian Rosendo and Brooklyn's very own AJ. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? What's good, boys? It's a very hot day here in New York, AJ. I know you can attest to that. Um... I'm doing good. Thank you, Ivan. I hope uh, everyone's doing well. Um, you know, a little bit disappointed from what we saw on uh, on Thursday night. Uh, hopefully things get better on Saturday, but that was just a very bad performance by us. Uh, I'm sure we're going to touch on every aspect of the game, um, but overall just doing doing good today. All right. Nice. Yes, you're right. We're going to touch on every aspect of the game. What was lacking? Because um, a lot of it was very much lacking. And then, of course, we'll go on from there. But AJ, my friend, how are you? Doing good. What a better way to start my week off by talking everything through America. So can't wait to talk about this news fest that was America versus Querétaro. But hey, that's the fun part, dissecting this match piece by piece. Well, I don't know how much fun it's going to be talking about this 0-0 result, but you're right, though. What a way to start off Mondays again, yet again, here on the Eagle Eye Podcast. And gentlemen, why not just get right into it? Let's not, uh, you know, waste any more time here. Let's talk America versus Querétaro, Querétaro versus America. So, the Saiglas ended up going to La Corregidora for the start of the season. And, well... Let's face it, it wasn't a good matchup. It wasn't pretty. We were expecting more from Solari's side, especially after seeing the performances that they put in during the preseason. Whilst, yes, most of those were 1-0 victories, it still showed very much promise going into the start of the season. Christian, for you, what was lacking? What what did America not do in this game in order to secure all three points? Yeah, well, obviously the first thing was finishing. I think we had like two, two to three clear chances. Um, where I think I'm Which you're, you're seeing up, up here, right? Well, yeah, we're seeing that right now. And then this would have been an amazing goal. Um, but just besides the finishing, though, it's just the lack of, I guess, aggressiveness that I wanted the team to see. I felt like the whole match, we respected Kedetero way too much whenever they had the ball, whenever we, we were attacking. Um, I don't think the players had to drill into their minds. It's just practically a whole new 11. Um, they lost two of their best players. Uh, and I think this is a game where America was the more solid team, even with all the absences that we had. We still had a solid foundation, a solid base of players that understood the system because the system didn't change from last year. So we were definitely in a way better position to win this match. It didn't even matter that we were away. It's just I don't know why we came in there so kind of kind of scared to go forward, kind of scared to make these passes. Um, a lot of a lot of lateral passes instead of going forward. A lot of back pass instead of going forward. Um, definitely one of the worst games I've seen from a lot of our players. And this needs to change very fast uh, because we can't put that same performances uh, against Nick Oxford. Because like we all said, 
this was the game. These five games, we, was, we had to go 5-5, five five, and uh, we're already off to a bad start. Yeah, no, exactly. It was one of those things where we mentioned that America needs to be in a promising position by the end of the season, and it has to start off with a good start. Uh, and, and it wasn't a good start. I mean, yes, you get the you get the clean sheet, you get the point, but I think this is a matchup where we all thought this has got to be three out of three, and, and it wasn't the case for America. Were we the more dominant team? Of course, I, we were definitely the more dominant. I think I, I think that we deserved the victory more than maybe Querétaro did. But again, it just it feels like something was very much off. Something was lacking. Um, I mean, what 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 more could be said about this than what you just mentioned, Christian? A lot of players were very much subpar, and mm-hmm. I think Chris puts it in in perfect contents here in the comment section, saying, "Look, not having a natural nine at the nine was horrible." I I I think I I, I agree with him on this one. I don't think this was a Roger game at all. Um, he very much was floating everywhere. He wasn't really stuck to his position, which is fine because I think we're more more than already used to Roger being a little bit more free up at, up at, on top. But I think this is a matchup where you needed someone to be floating centrally there, maybe putting a little bit of pressure on the center backs, making some runs, opening up channels and, and, and stuff that maybe, you know, Fidalgo or, or Richard could have ran into those spaces. And you didn't really see much of that with Roger. Whilst he did have some good chances, I, I, I just felt that it just wasn't his game. And, and not to just signal out Roger, because I think there was a lot of players that definitely didn't step up to the mark. I mean, Pedro Quino is definitely one of them. Oh, 100%. Yeah, did, this did, is probably one of his worst games I've seen in an America jersey. Very clumsy. The decision-making was so off. Uh, passing was horrendous. Um, you know, this is... And, you know, we've been saying it for, like, the whole, the whole preseason. It just seemed like he wasn't there like, mentally and physically and... I, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's battling with something right now. It doesn't seem like he is. Maybe it's just a bad run of form right now. But like I said, some of these players need to pick it up for the next game because we can't keep going like this for the rest of, you know, whatever games we have in this little easy run that we saw on called called in the beginning of the season. Definitely. AJ, I think Christian put it perfectly when he mentioned to us that this was the most first game of the season that we've seen in America for a long time, right? Players look gassed right after this 80th minute. It, it just seems like it was very much still preseason mode. What's your takeaway from this? It's a snooze fest. I definitely do not want to repeat of this throughout the rest of the season. I mean, it's the first game, so got them some slack. It just seems like, as Christian mentioned, some of these players just were not there. 80 minutes in, they just seem already completely tired out. And... We really just do not want to see repeats. While we are missing some key players, you see the Olympics are just there. It is not being registered yet or just not even being present on the bench. It's just you cannot just see this. We're playing possessive ball with Solari, but if this is how every game is going to be for that season, which I hope not, we're in for one long season, I'll say, by the way that we're performing because this game against Caretro, I definitely feel like, we, like as you mentioned, Ivan, we're the more dominant team. 16 shots with only two of them being on target and a lot of possession, we just seem to not just finish our chances. Just all in all, it's tough to just to watch, honestly, for throughout the entire 90 minutes. To get it, was, it, it was it was definitely not a matchup that we wanted to kind of witness, especially since we were all excited, especially coming off that Mexico victory against France, right? Everyone was thinking, all right, now the start of the league. Let's get this going. America's playing. Um, and it was very flat, the performance. I think you mentioned it perfectly, Christian. This... We thought that we were going to have a lot more direct passing, that we were going to see a lot more, you know, uh, 
willing and daring from the players to kind of push up a little bit with the passing, you know, split the ball a couple of times, get in promising positions. But like you mentioned, it, it reverted back to that first game against Atletico San Luis under Solari, where it was like a lot of vertical passing, a lot of let's reset the ball, a lot of let's, you know, play it a little safe here and there. I, I expected more from Leo Suarez. And, and that's I know it's a big ask because he hasn't really been that type of player for us. But you thought, yeah, you know, this is the game where you want to show out, you know, um, I think I don't know. We could sit here and point fingers and, and, and talk about it all day long. but. If there's one thing to highlight, I think it would be the fact that the defense, for the most part, was as solid as we wanted it to be. Didn't really give too much trouble for Oscar Jimenez, Querétaro. And I think that's partly because of what Bruno and Emanuel Aguilera were doing back there. So, I mean, props to them. So, I mean, if there's one small little detail to highlight, it probably is that. But there really isn't much to take away from this game on a positive note. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and for the defense side of things, you just wish that you would get this all season long. I know a lot of people were surprised seeing Aguilera instead of Cáceres. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but maybe it was just Solari's choice. Uh, we, we do know that Solari does prefer Aguilera for some reason over Bruno or Cáceres. I think um, it's the experience. Yeah, I, I, I know that, but I mean, you know, it's Aguilera, but, you know, so, you know. But, um... But yeah, even though you're completely right, I did. Well, you want to take away one thing would be that um, I just hope that you know the the players are are wary of what happened on Thursday night and they they kind of just know how to how to fix that and hopefully having a home match, two home games actually in a row, uh, can correct things going forward. Definitely, and you know what, Emanuel Aguilera just one game closer to getting that contract extension. Would you look at yeah. that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, not ideal not what we've been wanting to talk about but it is kind of the situation at hand now a lot of people were a bit surprised to see uh, Federico Viñas and Nicolas Benedetti not on the bench whilst both of them did make the travel to Querétaro I do remind everyone of the new rule which means that we can only sign 10 foreigners into the squad and we can only have 8 of them on game day roster. So that means that that only eight of them can be present on uh, on match day and two of them have to see the stands. So that was why Nicolas Benedetti and Federico Vinas ended up going to the stands. Although questions could have been made as to who else could have possibly gone up there, Christian. I mean, would you have rather taken Cáceres uh, up there and had Vinas on the bench? Or, I mean... How do you think? How do you think Solari's trying to work this out? Because it it seems like his hands are pretty much tied in this in, in kind of the situation. Yeah, no, it's definitely a very messy situation with the foreigners, and it's something that all Americanistas would have hoped that would have gotten cleared up before the start of the season. You have practically four foreigners uh, with fighting for two spots. Um, you you know you know Vignette is healthy, he's good. Benedetti is you know getting injured. We don't know if he's getting transferred or not. We don't know what we're doing with Renato Ibarra yet. And Nico Castillo, well, he kind of just seems like the odd one out already to kind of just, you know, not get registered and hopefully find him a new team sooner rather than later. Um, but at any moment, all of those things I just said can change the snap of a finger. And um, it's just a bad situation for somebody to be in because it's kind of like you don't know who to depend on uh, week in and week out. And uh, to keep kind of like a guessing game every single week, it's not good. Especially when you're playing out of games, you know you wanna you wanna go into a game uh, into a match week 
thinking, okay, you know, I think I have my this is eleven, this is eleven I wanna work on all week with to see if we can kinda come up with something. And then, you know, just for you know, someone to say, Oh, uh, wait, you can't really play with him because he's not even gonna be with us on match like he was probably doing with Renato the past couple of days before the Keretaro match. Um, so tricky situation. I hope they figure this out like quickly because it's you know, it's getting a little annoying in a sense and I mean it's been annoying the whole summer, but even more so now when, you know, the start of the season is here and, you know, we're looking for more weapons on the offense to see who can kind of spice things up. And then when you don't even know who is available, I'm actually, then it just makes it that, that much harder. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I agree with you. And it's it's just going to be completely uh, a nightmare until the transfer window is over and we can maybe breathe a little bit knowing that, you know, no one can either come or, leave or go because of the window not being open. But it is a frustrating sign and, and thing going on in and around the club. And I mean, you'll, you'll let us know a little bit later on in the episode if there's any updates as to, you know, the situations with some of these players. But it, it, it wasn't a pretty game at all. And, and really, AJ, is there anything else to highlight besides the defensive work that this America side did? Is there anything else that you can take away from this match and say, you know what, at, at least there's this? Um, LSU didn't get slaughtered four one from like the pre from like two previous seasons ago. I mean, that's true. That's true. That's that's really about it. And let's 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 talk about something triggering here that I saw. This I know this was aimed towards me specifically, but Chris saying Jimenez with one clean sheet more than Memo Ochoa already. Uh, obviously with the laughing emoji there, of course. I know a lot of people are going to be throwing that in uh in the Twitter verse right there, saying what whatever they need to say about. He meant is in the clean sheet, but um, I, I mean, defensively, I, hey, hey, all right, let's, let's tone it down here a little bit. Let's tone it down. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a foundation here, which is the defensive work, right? And if we can build from that and go on, then yes. I, I, I don't want to sit here and say, like, you know, you know, be kind of like a Debbie Downer for the rest of the season and be like, oh, you know, this is bad. We're not going to get any better. This is and that. Uh, look, it's just these players. I felt that they they went out there thinking that this match was a set match and done. Like, uh, oh, the goal's gonna come any minute now. Like, there was an, an over excess of confidence. I want to say maybe not so much playing out on the field, but it felt like that was the vibe on at least on the pitch from some of these players. It was like, you know, well, uh, we'll get there, we'll get there, and then you know they tired out and they're like, well, we're still not there yet. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't want to say that you know this is completely going to be a tank of a season i think it's just you know we we're missing some key players because of the olympics um but that still isn't an excuse for an america side that you know has the talent uh, that it has available to them so we'll have to wait and see what Solari's capable of doing against Nakaxa, and it should be a good matchup but as far as this queretaro game goes i mean i wouldn't necessarily give it two thumbs down aj but it definitely won oh, man if we had that if we had that clip of Dylan for what he said about a game. I don't know, can I curse now? Ain't really much of a curse, but we were dragging yeah. ass completely. Just that was <laughs> a summary of this entire match, but as I said before, it could have been worse. So, been worse. It, it definitely could have. It definitely could have. Uh, talking about Dylan, Dylan saying, I know y'all credit the defense, but Jimenez has only lost once in an America jersey. All right. Well, now I see where he's going with this. All right. Dylan, you know what? Thank you for your input. And also, uh, let's let's give a round of applause for our Cowboy because those uh, 
those um, highlights that you guys saw were courtesy of him as well. So thank you so much, Dylan, for making that a possibility. Round of applause for you, my good sir. Thank you for the highlights. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And for those of you listening on audio, unable to watch that, make sure you guys come in, watch a live show here and there. We'll, uh, we'll surprise you sometimes with the things that we're capable of doing on these live shows. But uh, one last comment here, Freddy Duran saying, the debut of Karel Campos may be a positive. Heard many positive things from him. He did have quite an exceptional preseason um came into the matchup was a little flat i guess a little flat but you know what he came in like what the 80th something minute yeah it was always going to be hard ask of him to come in and change the game up drastically Mm. um but he had hustle in him and i think that's one of the things that solari wants to see is that if you Mm -hmm. go out there you you know you put in the shift you play with heart you earn yourself a way back into that star 11 so we'll see if carel campos can do something I mean, a lot of us have been saying good things about him. A lot of people on Twitter saying really good things about him. Could he be the next youngster up and coming? Could be. Fingers crossed. And we'll have to wait and see. But Karel Campos, definitely someone we can keep an eye on for the rest of the season. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But gentlemen, anything else to add on? Nope. Nope, nothing at all. Christian's been frozen there. So I'm just going to assume that he has nothing to add on as well. Um... I think that's that, that pretty much wraps it up here. I'm trying to read more comments here. We have uh, Ben saying, y'all going to the Classico in Dallas. Ben, you're jumping the gun here on the podcast, all right? We're going to be talking about that in just a second. We're going to be announcing more details in regards to that in just a bit. Um, and then the last comment here with Chris saying, uh, with Salati being a development coach at Madrid, do you guys expect more academy players to have a role in the first team? Christian, I think this is a question that you're more capable of answering. Um, I just feel like, you know, when if you see someone that's capable of breaking into, like maybe he saw with Naveda those couple of uh, games last season, um, he's going to put them in. You know, um, I, I don't think he shies away from that. Um, so definitely if a youngster like that is kind of just, you know, then why not, you know? Definitely. If he fills his eye, we'll, we'll see if that potential is there and hopefully the kid takes advantage of it. But all right, then that pretty much wraps it up for America Querétaro 0-0 at the end of the day. Clean sheet, one point. Not the way we wanted our Aguilas to start off the season. But then again, like AJ always mentions, it could have been worse. But all right, gentlemen, move on, on into the next segment. And before we do so, I do want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you guys by none other than Foot Cult. And if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys go check out footcult.com. Get some amazing gear, and you guys can get all of that for 10% off using the discount code EEP at checkout. Again, that is discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off all Foot Cult products, which, by the way, looks like they're dropping some really, really interesting stuff. So if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys go check them out. Again, thank you to Foot Cult for sponsoring today's episode all right gentlemen let's talk about news in and around the world of Coapa. first of all christian any updates in regards to transfer rumors transfer updates anyone leaving anyone going anything wouldn't it be cool we had a song playing i think we should we should talk about that off camera (laughs) definitely something you could have brought off definitely off camera uh, I could have, but you know what? We'll talk about that later. Um, Guapa news, yes. So, um, Roger Martinez did leave uh, Querétaro with uh, kind of a banged up legs, couple of pair of legs there. Um, so yeah, so he he he's trying to recover for Necaxa. The the hope is that he'll be there. Um, but yeah, he did come out of Querétaro a bit banged up, and uh, you know they they kind of work in camp pretty hard. 
Um, and, you know, a lot of people say that maybe that's you know, contributing to his kind of, I guess, slow play in Queretaro. Um, I really don't want to use that as an excuse because, you know, I don't think that's something you can. Uh, but hopefully he's there for Necaxa because I think we, we need him. I think he's going to be vital uh, a vital piece on Saturday. So um, there's that. Um, in terms of the registration news that we had earlier, um, it seems like Benedetti did make the cut. He is registered with the team. Uh, it seems like the two people that are, did not make the team were Nicolas Castillo and Renato Ibarra. But listen, this all can change at any given moment. Just because he's registered does not mean he's going to stay. We remember the case with Andres Ibarra where he was registered, but then got transferred to Santos later in the season. So just because these two players are in, these two players are out, does not mean that's how it's going to stay for the rest of the season. Um, everything still stands with how they were. Uh, Ibarra, Castillo, and Benetti all looking for teams. And just being just trying to, you know, get his form back in there and hopefully have a chance with the team, hopefully this Saturday. But for right now, it doesn't seem like that. Um, so, yeah, that's the stand on all three, on all four of them. Uh, in terms of, uh, of a report, so it seems like Solari is not saying no to it, um, but he's also not trying to fill us with kind of the hopes. Uh, he, you know, he had a couple of interviews before the start of the season. Um, and all of them hinted to, you know, I, I would like uh, Refuerzo, uh, especially on the right-hand side. You know, Leo is a good player, but it's not the player that we kind of need in order to fulfill what I want to do with this team. Um, take that with however you want to take that. Um, he respects Leo Suarez, but obviously um, he's seen what we've seen, that maybe he just doesn't fit the system like he really wants him to. Um, and maybe he feels like a better player would be better suited. Um, so hopefully, you know, the market's still still open. You know, there, there's time, but, you know, like Ivan keeps saying, uh, it's going to be very difficult unless we get rid of, you know, a couple of these players. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking good, but at least they haven't shut the door on it completely. Um, so that's pretty much all the updates from Quapa. If anything arises throughout the week before the next podcast, may too, uh, stay tuned to our Twitter at Eagle Eye Podcast, and um, we'll have you covered. Definitely. And Chris saying, so what you're saying is Arturo Vidal to America then? Um, I, I wish we could be saying, saying that, that, but uh, <laughs> but hey, as soon as FIFA 22 comes out, we'll make it happen on there. So that's pretty much all we can promise here. But this is an interesting question from Dylan. Are Benedetti and Castillo still on the payroll? Uh, yeah. Yes, they still are as much as Renati Ibarra is still on that payroll as well. Um, this is the one thing that's frustrating is because that's more money going down the drain because you're not utilizing that player, meaning yeah, you're that you're burning piece. money. So that is the most frustrating thing about it from my point of view. It's sell these guys. You know you can't make a profit, but sell them because you got to get them off your books. I, you know, even if you got to cut a half a loss on that, the wages that you're, you're, you're paying is just a ridiculous amount. Like those wages that you're saving, that you could have be potentially saving up with those three players right there, could easily buy you someone with less wages, you know, could buy you that right winger that Solari also is asking for. And that's the thing that frustrates me is I don't know what's going on. Why? I, I get it that the players have a, a role to play in this as well, because they're not going to move somewhere where they're going to make less money and this, this and that. But you got to find a solution because you can't be burning money like that. We're just burning an even bigger hole in this bank account than we already have. And yeah. we're going to see it play down the road 
Uh, and I'm not just talking short term. I'm talking long term. This is going to bite us in the butt again. So someone's got to do something about it quickly or we're going to be in dire, dire consequences come later down the road. And I mean, that's definitely going to be something that we don't want to. So uh, Freddie Duran saying, can Nico Castillo still be registered before the transfer window if someone yes. leaves? Yes. yes. So look, everything is still up to uh, still up for uh, debate as to who can stay, who can go. As long as this window is open, anything and everything is possible right now. Um Chris saying, my tax payer money going to both Nikos, shaking my head. Well, don't worry. It, it's probably two Nikos, but their last name is probably McFarlane or something like that because your taxpayer money is going to, to here in the States, not over there in Mexico. Yeah. Um, let's see. We have another question from Luis saying, why doesn't Vina start? Roger looks more comfortable on the wing. That he does very much so. But again, that's a Solari situation. And I think that, look, we can dive in and speculate exactly as to what we think is going on. But AJ, I think it's fair and simple. Vinas is just not to the liking of Solari, at least in his tactical scheme. I just don't understand that. We had a player that was brought by Piojo, did well under him. And now we got Solari while. Vinas did perform well in CONCACAF Champions League, which I would like to hope you'll get to start in our two matches against Philadelphia Union and the Champions League. But just, you might be right. Just doesn't seem to fit in his plans at all. And it makes you worry more and more that because he was quote-unquote injured during the friendlies, could that be painted that I don't want to think about he leaves the club? It's like the same thing I remember with the, with the Quintero situation, where he just wasn't playing at all. While he was in practice, just did not really feel like playing. Definitely, definitely. Dylan saying it says a lot about the board with money going down the drain like it is right now, especially in the situation and the times we live in. Especially, you, you'd think you'd be trying to save up as much of a penny as you can, and this team is just wasting money like there is no tomorrow. Like we have it to burn just like that, which we don't. Uh, yeah. And then Chris Rivera saying, shaking my head, Nico McFarlane Castillo. Hey, I'll take that, man. Sounds like he could be a good asset to America. It looks like he would be charging way, way much less wages than any Nico, Nico that we have right now in the club. So interesting stuff going on there. But that is kind of your guys' update in and around the world of Coapa as far as squad rumors and all of that goes. Not much has changed, unfortunately. And Christian, let's be honest. I think I've mentioned this a couple episodes already. It's just don't get your hopes up. Don't hold your breath. We're not going to bring in anyone else. It's it's just a situation we live in. We're practically like Real Madrid, aren't we, Christian? We're just not going to bring in anyone this summer, and it's just going to have to be. <laughs> yeah, listen, Real Madrid's a whole different story. I don't want to touch on right now, but uh, it just seems like that. Um, but just I don't know. From the people that I've talked to, it seems like there is a hope still within the camp that people that they will we will bring someone in. Um, but as a fan, you know, you hear that and you're like, okay, maybe, but. Then you start putting, you know, things into press, right? Like we just did. And it's like, is it even possible? So I think that's where the doubt comes from, from a lot of the fans. But, I mean, I'm going to keep fairly optimistic that we bring someone in. I'm not going to go to Ivan level just yet. Um, but it's, it's certainly getting there, though, with, with the passing of time, for sure. Okay, scale 1 to 10. Do we bring someone in? What's your rating? Ten, 10 being that we bring someone in? 10 being someone we definitely bring, bring in someone. Okay. One being hell. Not, hell no. Um, I give it a five. A five. So you're down the middle. AJ? Down the middle. Four. A four? I'm going two. 
And I would go yeah. one, but because I want to give you guys a little hope. I'm going two. Okay. Um, and that's not much hope to give away either. So I'm going with two. And look, I've I've talked to you guys about it. It's just it's it's like every day that passes by, the situation gets worse and worse. And I feel like is there no one at the club that can like do can talk money at all? Like like can understand expenses? Like is there no one there that understands like how how things work? Because it really looks like that from the outside. And I'm sure there's someone there, but. The, they're not doing their job properly, or at least someone is impeding them to do their job properly. And that's the thing that frustrates me. So America yeah. needs to find, find a way to figure things out because we are going to look pretty bad two seasons from now. I promise you. And Dylan trying to give us the most hope with four, just like AJ, seeing right there that you guys both agree with, with the four. So, I mean, let us know. What do you guys think? Do you, are you guys hopeful for a new signing? Are you guys optimistic that America and the board are willing to bring in another player and find a home for three other foreigners before we can sign someone else? Or, oh my, I don't even want to think about it, but, or do we bring in someone else, register them, and just completely forget about four foreign players and keep those four foreign players on the books until their contracts run out. And if that's the case, I don't even know what, would, what I would do if that, that ever happens. Because that is a lot of money you're just throwing down the drain. Jesus. Um, Freddie saying, rumor is Banos is still on vacation. My goodness, if that's the case, then why are we still here then? We should still be on vacation then. The one thing that blows my mind about him, he went from being a player to an assistant manager to being chairman. What? How does that I'm sure, work? I'm sure I'm sure he must have like some degree or some something that helps him tie up because that if it is the case that he just went from like like you say just like that without any real experience or training. It's not um, like Ted Lasso. He went from one sport to another with no idea about the sport itself. I mean, we'll see. What about this? Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely see on that aspect. But all right, then one last big major news to talk about before we jump into the Nakaxa preview. Um, as you guys have seen already on Twitter, uh, whether you guys are following us or not, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen this already arising. America has or will be announcing shortly that they will be playing against Chivas in a Clásico Nacional here in the States uh, in Dallas, Texas home of the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens there. Um, it's going to be at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, tickets will be going out tomorrow, Wednesday, J uh, July 27th at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you guys do want to make it to this game, and for some reason you guys are listening to this, and it's already past 8, 8 a.m. in in uh over here in the west coast make sure you guys go over to ticketon.com and go get you guys your tickets again that is america versus chivas at uh the cotton bowl on september 5th that is labor day weekend ladies and gentlemen september 5th they'll be facing off against chivas in another edition of a clasico nacional here in the states which believe which if i'm not mistaken would be the third in the third, uh, the third time they would be doing this consecutively here in the States, of course, one not being because of the whole pandemic situation, but there was the one in L.A. and then there was the one in Chicago. Uh, and now it looks like it's going to be the one here in Dallas. So 
we'll have to wait to see what happens there. Um, <laughs> we 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 have a request here saying, <laughs> Sugar Mama, if you're listening to this podcast, please buy the boys tickets so we can get a live in-person podcast. There you guys have it. Um, so for those of you asking, uh, we will be making the trip over to Dallas. So uh, we still yet to kind of figure out the details as to which one of us is going to be going, if it's going to be multiple of us. Uh, we're still trying to work out the kinks and all that stuff. But there will be an Eagle Eye podcast representative down there in Dallas. So you guys can make sure um, to secure your tickets and know that there's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a one of us down there to be able to we're talk have, to you guys, interview we're, you. We're going to have our own booth there at the Fan Fest. Oh, dude, that would be perfect. Also, be it would not be great for content because we would have to have more than one person. Because if only one of us sticks at the booth, then you know we lose the fact that someone else has to go out there and get all the all the other camera roll stuff from like the the fan fest and stuff like that. But hey, look, if uh, if you guys do end up going, if you guys do end up buying your tickets tomorrow, let us know. We would love to know exactly which one of you guys are going to the game. Whether you're in Dallas, whether you're going to Dallas, whether you're in the vicinity and you're planning to go, let us know. It's the Classico Nacional. We want to do something big. We want to do something huge. And we want you guys to be at the center of it all. So again, if you guys are going to be present at that matchup, let us know. We want to get, have you guys uh, on, on camera. We want to interview you guys. We want to get pictures of you guys. Trust me. There's nothing more uh, amazing than having you guys be at the center of our content whenever it comes to game day. So if you guys are going to be there, let us know. Again, that uh, the tickets will be going out tomorrow. I don't expect them to sell out just like that, Christian, but you never know with these type of things, right? They might be harder than those Bad Bunny tickets. That's all I'm saying. So They might be. It's a classical national. That's true. That is definitely true. Which, by the way, I don't know if they're capping uh, capacity. It doesn't seem like it because it, it looks like, again, so. restrictions are a little bit less over there in Dallas. And it looks like they're trying to go for full capacity. Again, it's just, uh, we're just speculating here. We don't know exactly what that figure is going to look like. But again, um, do not hesitate. Get your tickets if you're uh, if they're available. And again, we'll see you guys in Dallas whenever that day goes around. Again, September 5th, Clásico Nacional Labor Day weekend here in the States. But all right, gentlemen, that pretty much does it for news in and around the world of uh, Club America here. So let's see what happens. Um, Christopher, saying the one, the ones that Ivan met at Cholos this past. Oh, Hollows! No, I thought he said Cholos. I was like, I wasn't at a Cholos game. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, Chris, Chris, uh, you know, definitely exposing me there in 4K. But that's yeah. neither, neither near uh, here nor there. But all right, gentlemen. That's for, again, that's for Eagle Eye podcast after hours. You know, that's after hours. That's for when that's... F3 is playing at four in the morning. That, <laughs> then we can start talking about those topics. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All righty then. Um, <laughs> can't believe Chris said that. Um, yeah, pretty much that, that wraps it up for the news in and around the world of Guapa. Again, if you guys want to know anything and everything going on, you guys follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. We have you guys covered on everything. Again, that is at Eagle Podcast. We have you guys covered on all things American news. As soon as it hits the fan, we'll let you guys know in regards to that aspect. But all right, gentlemen, let's talk. Jornada 2. It's the home opener against Necaxa. I mean, feelings are a little bit, I don't know, are we still very much optimistic? It is a home opener. We are going to be at home. There is kind of that kind of essence of, okay, now we're at home. Let's see what we're capable of doing in front of our own fans because, again, this is going to be open to people coming. Still restricted at 25% capacity, but I would expect people to make it out. 
matchup is at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Pretty good time, if you ask me, in the middle of, uh, in the middle of 7 p.m. at Mexico City. Should be an interesting crowd. I don't know. How are we coming into this one? How are you guys feeling, AJ? Wait, the game's at 8? Yes, the game's at 8, your time. Mm-hmm. AJ, is this true? Can you please confirm? Yeah, it's 8 o'clock. Okay, that's cool. Saturday. Right, that's, cool, that's, cool. that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, no, um, this game, I feel like we're being go- going more optimistic into this game this time around. It's the home opener of the season. We'll get to play with our fans. We definitely got something to prove against the Gaxa, while last summer we did play against the Gaxa. Um, gives a little bit of a scare, but we did what we had to do at the very end. Um, I'm excited for this game, actually. I feel like this is definitely going to be the game for our medical where they're just going to turn things around. They believe that Queretro and game right in the past, it's the first game of the season. It's not always going to be the perfect start, but anything could change. We're just at the very beginning of the season, so don't press that panic button just yet. But hopefully this game will paint to be a far better game than what we had against Queretro. Christian, we know that we mentioned, especially against the Queretaro review, that quote unquote the easy the easy schedule is right here upon us. So Queretaro wasn't exactly what we we're expecting, but Nakaxa has to be the three points that we all hope for. No, yeah, definitely, it has to be the three points. AJ said the home opener. This is where we need to kind of just turn the page, let whatever happened on Thursday happen, whatever, and then just here. To new beginnings, and um, I think that's why he needs to understand that he needs to understand the moment of this game and just what it you know what the game kind of revolves around. Um, this is the game where you know you you pick up the confidence of your players who may be slacking a little bit, um, and then you this is the game you use to kind of catapult yourself into form um, and just keep it going throughout these next couple of games because we have another home game after this one, um, and then we have two semi easy matches after that, and then hopefully. You know, the Olympic players come back and you can start making a little run in the season. And that's what we need. Um, confidence is going to be key. And I think with the victory, we can you know, restore that and kind of just be back on the, on the right track. I think you're right. Restoring that confidence is pretty much necessary at this point, right? We, we, we need to get these players back on track. Uh, the players like Aquino, the players like Roger, who need a little bit more of that extra push and that hopefully a game against Nakaxa is exactly what needs to happen. Like, look, I'm not talking down on Nakaxa because I do think they're going to bring their A game. We have a couple of ex-players or at least, quote unquote, still current players playing for them. Alan Medina is definitely going to be in that starting 11. Looks like it. Alonso Escobosa, ex-America player, should be coming in hot against his former team. Look, this is not going to be an easy matchup where America is just going to show up and automatically win 3-0. to zero. It's not going to be that simple. It never really is anymore because, you know, we know how these teams like to come and play at home, especially when it comes to America. But it's not to say that this game is also impossible. Look, America needs to go out there and do what they've been doing so well in the preseason, which is being more dynamic, being more versatile, being more controlling of the ball and understanding how to change the rhythm of the game to their favor. We saw a lot of vertical and back passing that we said Christian needs to stop happening, right? We need to be a little bit more daring. We need to be a little bit more aggressive, make those forward passing, make some runs, do something in the box because it felt like we had very little to no, no chances against Queretaro. Things need to change around Nakaxa. Finish your chances because AJ, we've mentioned that prior to this podcast, is that you know this team can create them. We just can't finish them at times, and I think that is definitely something that is definitely hindering at us. And 
against Nakaksa, we need to t- start taking those steps forward in fixing all those issues that we've been having in regards to that aspect. But as far as, you know, things go in regards to that, this all lines up for America to have a good home opener. Mm-hmm. But we know how things can be. Should we be a little bit worrisome about Nakaksa, or do you think that this side has it in the bag? Uh, I think- Go, go for it, AJ. Go okay. for it. Oh, wow. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. Um, go this, for it, buddy. This thing got to side. They definitely had some former players. You got. Uh, you have players like Adam and Diem. used to play for us. Also, Gonzalez is actually back with Nekaksa. Alonso Escobosa. Maybe just things didn't just did not work out for them in America. Maybe Nekaksa could be a whole new beginning. Nekaksa got Mauro Quiroga back. They had Maxi Salas on the bench. Remember how those two guys up front were a very deadly duo, and I'm pretty sure it was the team, I think, two or three seasons ago that didn't make us I, towards um, a good run in the playoffs against Chivas. So. But hey, anything could, anything could start. This is not the greatest of seasons um, last season, so they'll try to change things up around for America this time around. So I'd be cautious if, if I'm an America fan myself. It's funny because AP Jr. here saying, no disrespect to Nakaksa, but that's an easy win. While saying that, though, I mean, on paper, America should win, but America is America, and they're going to complicate it somehow in some way. Don't say it was a bit awkward how both of you guys decided to uh, <laughs> say say the same thing. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Chris saying, didn't Nakaksa lose this past weekend 4-0? AJ correcting him in 3-0. But again, that means nothing, especially at the start of the season. You can't really go off of one result only and say, oh, okay. I mean, you know, as as optimistic as Chris saying that I'm going to win it (laughs) 4-1, you can't really base off that first loss and think that they're going to come into the Azteca and just completely dissolve. I mean, would I love it to happen? Of course, because that means we get a pretty good, comfortable victory helps with the confidence and everything. But again, I think you have to take this game as serious just serious as just any other game, especially starting off the way that you did against Querétaro. I think Solari knows that there's things that need to be worked out. And, I, you know, I I get it. This is not his starting 11. This is not what he wanted. Even with the Olympic players, I promise you, this is still not what he wanted. You know, the board promised him stuff that they could not deliver, and now he's had to go and kind of scrap things from from beginning, going back to the drawing board. And here we are in the situation where it's like, okay, how can I squeeze the most out of these players yet again? And I don't necessarily saying that this is going to be the narrative for all season, and it's definitely not an excuse, but it is kind of a thing that is handicapping us at the moment, and we have to figure a way around it. And I think that's what Solari needs to do in this matchup, right? He's been brought in to be able to figure out how to work this squad. And I think it's fair to say, Christian, that we're, we trust in him to find the answers. It's just the players need to do the right thing. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens off of that. But I'm curious to hear what you're starting eleven. Do you do you change it at all against Querétaro? Do we even have anything to change? Because there isn't would, much um, of the depth right here in in no, the squad at the moment. But I'm curious no, to hear what your starting eleven is. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I wouldn't really change much. I do have one change. Um, everything else stays the same. Um, but um, this is why I, I say the lineup. I think this is one of the games where you you you, call, you kind of bet the house on this game. You know. Uh, I think you're coming, you're coming off a loss, a, a draw, knowing that you have to win this game. You're at home, first home season, uh, first home game of the season against a team that just lost three nothing. 
this is the game you put the house. So with that being said, uh, I kind of have the same lineup. Just one change um, in respect to our game against Querétaro, I would have uh, Chava Reyes starting instead of Luis Puentes. Um, I think that in the last game, I think I saw a little bit more offensive qualities from Reyes, even though they both possessed them. I saw them a little bit more clear from Reyes, and I think Solari would kind of keen to that. Um, and who knows, this might be a viable option going forward uh, with Chava Reyes. So, same lineup. I have uh, Jimenez in that. Layun Aguilera, Bruno, and Chava Reyes in the back line. The midfield, like Kino, Richard Fidalgo, and up top, Linus Suarez, and Roger Martinez. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I like it. I like Reyes. I, I really do. I thought he brought a little bit of extra kind of versatility going forward. It's something that maybe Fuentes doesn't really offer because of the speed. He does have to maybe a, a little bit drop back and not get too involved at times because he doesn't want to get caught out. But Chava Reyes, because he has the legs, he has a little bit more of that ability to go forward. And I mean, if it wasn't just for a couple of, of, of centimeters, he would have scored uh, a worldie and we would have been talking about it for five, ten minutes on this podcast. But mm. that wasn't the case. Hit the post, unfortunate. But he does bring something and I do think he's hungry. You can see it when he's on the pitch. The kid's hungry. So I, I really, really want to keep him out there. Uh, and hopefully, you know, Solari listens to you and, and puts him in the starting 11. As far as the midfield goes, look, on paper, Aquino and Richard, Fidalgo, that, that triangle right there could cause a lot of trouble. It's just they all need to step up and have a game, especially Aquino. I mean, what a terrible game he had against Querétaro. And it's flat out, I'm going to say, worst game he's had in an America jersey by far. I don't know how many times he didn't connect the pass. I don't know how many times he lost possession. I don't know how many times he got caught out. Needs to step it up and needs to prove that he is a... uh, What do you want to say? An all-star, basically. You know? Got to go out there and prove why you got put in that all-star squad. So, uh, Aquino, you know, if you're listening to this, step up, my man. You got to. You're you're the anchor of 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 the midfield, and you, you got to showcase it. Richard, on the other hand, I think you know little by little regaining back his form. You see a little bit of you know he's coming back. He's barely done a little bit of preseason with the team, so I you know I expect him to take about a week or two. Uh, and Fidalgo, whilst I won't say he had a bad game against Querétaro, I, I don't think this is his most impressive game either. I was a little bit quiet at times, but again. He can only do so much. He did try to open a couple pocket of spaces. I just don't really think there was an understanding right there between him and Roger at times. So we'll see what happens. And the front three, again, look, Linus, Suarez, Roger, something's got to make happen right here. Um, you know, especially with Linus and, and, and Suarez, you know, what is the idea going forward for them on the wings? Because it looks like Linus is told to play it down the byline, get the cross in, take on a player, but stay close to that touchline. You know, mm-hmm. whilst on the other side, Suarez is being told not necessarily to do the same, but cut in, take a shot, get across. So, I, you know, the dynamic has to be something different here. Uh, something's got to switch up because it just seems a little bit too repetitive and a little bit too easy at times for defenders to read, Christian. I don't know if you agree Yeah, definitely. With that. No, definitely. Um, you know, I think you say perfectly the, the front three needs to come up with some more creativity going forward. Um, I think like you, I think you hit it right in the head where Fidal kind of had, you know, a little bit misunderstanding with, with the front three. Um, that's something that needs to change. Um, hopefully they work on that in practice this week and, um, and, and they get things going because, you know, we, we need to win desperately, um, just to kind of regain that confidence. And if it, if it means, you know, maybe subbing in another player for one of the front three, then by all means, let's, let's give it a try. 
But like you hinted it earlier, though, who would you even put in? Because the debt is so limited at this point. Um, so, you know, if it's these three, it's these three. And they have to go out there and just give a way better performance than what they did on Thursday. Would it be a bit unorthodox of Solari to give Karel the start over Suarez? I don't think so. Um, it, it, not if, you know, if he doesn't see anything in Karel, then he wouldn't do it. Obviously, if he puts him in over a starter, quote-unquote starter, then there has to be something there, right? Um, so, you know, if he does it, then let's, you know, let's give it a go. And, you know, I think most American fans would most likely be excited considering the, the, the kind of, I guess... The buzz going on and around him. Yeah, so, um, and definitely the not people liking Suarez as much. Um, I was trying to find gotcha. the word for it. Yeah, so I, I couldn't really find the word for it, but I guess that... that, that He's not to the taste of, of the fans right now. He was never really the taste of the fans, let's, let's be honest. Um, he, was, he was the taste of the fans for maybe 20 minutes in that Pachuca game, and after that, <laughs> nothing <laughs> no, really not kind it. of strong spot from that. So, uh, hopefully something hopefully something does happen. Hopefully we get the win. Um, you know, I'll be betting on it. So maybe other people will join me and maybe we'll get the win. So it looks like Christian said we bet the house. So America is putting the Azteca up for grabs in this one. So let's let's hope that the players know what's at stake here. Not only the Azteca, but the rest of the houses here that we are putting on the line. But I think the one that has to have the biggest game is Roger Martinez. And I'm saying this because not solely is he, quote unquote, the best player we have in the team. But it's because I felt like he's fallen a little bit flat in his performances. Ever since he got that goal in the uh, preseason game against Santos, AJ, he hasn't really done much after that i mean he's had a couple of moments here and there where he's taken on a player been a little bit fancy showing his five-star skill moves here and there but i mean you saw the clear chance he missed against Queretaro. you've seen sometimes the way that he reacts to when players fouling him or when he's not getting the ball it just feels like he's starting to fall back into that old roger ways that made him so kind of a target for america fans to not like him so I think he, this game needs to be kind of that, you know, difference maker for Roger and catapult him back to the way that we want him to be. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just you always want to see the best of the best from Roger Martinez. As you mentioned before, and I just only because he's just one of the best players on this team. But just because like you wanted to get out of that slump before that he's just been having, like you mentioned, ever since he just scored that against Santos just hasn't really just been that player we saw from last year who was just taking on players left and right going to take shots, scoring amazing goals for us. Just we want to see more of Ryer. And especially at the very beginning of the season, we, at the moment, there's really no competition up front. While he's going to have to be playing a position he's not essentially truly comfortable with. He has to play as the forward. You usually have Vinas in that spot. Or Henry Martin in this case. But just Royer, just want from, I just want to see him just do good things for this team and just, you know, get rid of those bad vibes that he had from previous seasons before where people just want him now. Have Fans, the reason that why you to stay now and just you got started right now against the Gaxa. Yeah, so you know he's got to get off this off off on the scoring sheet pretty soon. And I, you know, I don't want to make it sound so cheesy, but I I would like it so that Solari went up to him and told him, "Look, you are our Ronaldo. You are our Messi of the team. Like you literally can be that person if if." solo te aplicas, you know, like if you have that discipline in you, if you can go out there and do that, then, you know, the world is your oyster, my man. So I, I don't know. I, I want to see Roger do good things, but at the same time, he's got to put in the shift and he just can't be teasing us with a flick here, uh, you know, 
a rainbow flick there. He's got to do something, you know? So this is the game that he has to do it. Uh, and look, he's in a poised position because this rival, you know, isn't at 100%. So if we could take advantage of it, by all means necessary, let's do it. So uh, one thing here, Chris Rivera saying, here's a topic that we've had before, but does the fan base show up for the first home opener of the season after not being able to at least last season? Interesting question there. Gentlemen, what do you guys think? It's not hypocrite, sure. But Interesting. We've kind of, well, we've kind of seen the fan base and and, uh, and and Mexico kind of gravitate towards not going to the stadium. But like you guys mentioned earlier, this is a kind of favorable time. Not too late. Um, you know, you'll, the game will end, you know, right when peak, you know, darkness and, you know, you can get home relatively safely. Um, so people don't really have an excuse right now to not go to the stadium. Um, so I, I, I hope the, it looks better than what, than what the hell we just saw today and uh, with Cruz Azul and Mazatlan. Um, <laughs> that was disappointing for the reigning champs to kind of get that kind of a, a, a fan base. But, um, but yeah, hopefully the people show up. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Mary Jane saying they'll probably complicate it though. Uh, and talking about that game, looks like uh, Brian Kalula scored against uh, Cruz Azul. So that's an interesting uh, header right there. Uh, by the way, though, I don't know if this will affect it or not, but it seems to be raining all week in Mexico City. And so it looks like it's a 70% chance that it's going to be raining that day. So um, I do think that might hinder a little bit of the attendance because it's going to be a rainy night at the Estadio Azteca. But Again, I I do expect the fan base to show out there. Now, will we be at uh you know, will we be at a max twenty five percent all America fans? I don't expect it. I expect us to get roughly around the twenty percent mark. I do think that's more than possible. Uh, but again, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, the fans do show up. I know the players will definitely be grateful for that. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. But the fan, but but um, not the fans, excuse me, the players have to earn it as well. So, you know, can't expect to put on a showcase against like that and get it. They don't expect people to be dying to go into the Estadio Azteca after that performance. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But again, you know, hopefully know the they fans make, make a difference, it. right? They do. They know that. But like, it's raining, Christian. It's raining. And look, gives a F. my hair does, team, all right? Yeah. Look. Well, can't do Can't. Listen. What I want to say, I can't say. So. <laughs> you prefer not to speak. If you speak, you're in yeah, big trouble. I'm in big trouble. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but look, I do expect us to... Like I said, 20% is where I'm where I'm aiming, um, which is still a good number. You know, even though you, you, you capped that 25, a 20% mark, pretty good. We know the Porta is going to be there. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Again, should hey, be... Hey, you going to be there? Matchup. I wish, but yeah, if I if I could, I definitely would. I've been there in the game during. I've been to a game that when it rained, beautiful, best, one of the best feelings in the world, and at the Azteca. So, and he's like, and I even had to shower the next day. <laughs> uh, but all right, gentlemen. Since we're betting the house on this one, I want to hear you guys' prediction. We already heard Chris's going four to one. What are your guys' prediction for the game on Saturday? Which, by the way, uh, Christian, I believe you're covering it for us. I am. I will be covering it. You know, best coverage for the week. You know, don't 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 kill me here. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run it back. Uh, I'm gonna go two nothing American. Run it back two ba- two nothing. All right, I like it. AJ, let's go two zero. 
2-0. Everyone's going with the 2-0 again. Well, alrighty then. I like it. I like it. I'm going 1-0. America okay. takes it only by a Nick. All right. Oh. Where's all this? Oh, yeah. Nikaksa this. They lost 3 0. Yeah, exactly. But we're America, so 2 nothing. Calm. <laughs> I come 2 nothing to satisfy the bet, and then we, we go home happy. We go home happy. Mm-hmm. All right. So, well, we'll I'll, I'll be home, but you know what I mean. I'll go to my room I, happy. There you go. There you go. All righty then. Well, I'm going with a 1 0. AJ going with a 2 0. Christian going with a 2 0. Let you let us know. Chris going with a 4 1 victory. That's adventurous. And we'll see whether or not that's possible, which would be nice. Like I mentioned, goal differentials will be something that America may not be thinking about, but will definitely play a factor in the long run. So the more goals you can get, uh, definitely would be a lot better. But I think Solari's main priority is that clean sheet. Uh, and again, I think he's always been a manager, or at least. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, Christian. That likes to secure the bag and then work its way up. So we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. So an America victory, nonetheless, is exactly what we're expecting for because I think we all desperately need it because we haven't had an America victory in such a long time. So let's see if uh, we can get uh, those three points and then build off from there, which I think is going to be interesting because you can mention, Christian, we have another home opener, which uh, not a home opener, excuse me, we have another home game. At the Estadisteca, right around the corner after that. So, will be an interesting matchup. But all right, anything else to add on before we close it out? Mm, I think we had everything on the head for this week. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening, for coming out. AJ, Ivan, um, you guys are the best. Happy to do this with you guys every single week. And I'm hoping for an America win this Saturday because, you know, my, my heart needs that, you know? I think all of our little hearts need that right now. Same. You know? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll definitely see. But again, thank you guys for coming out. Thank you to everyone that was listening. Thank you to all of you guys watching again. Um, make it out to a live show. We'll, we always like to talk, you know, America stuff with you guys and have you guys get involved and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll be back uh, this week. Me and AJ, we'll be talking America Feminine, the true America team that is 2-0 right now on the start of the season with yeah, a pretty good goal differential as well. So me and AJ, we'll be talking about that and how a certain Kiana Palacios is going and doing in the moment at the Liga Mekis Feminine. So we'll be back on Thursday to talk about that and preview the upcoming match against Queretaro for the ladies. So if you guys don't want to miss that, again, we'll be here on Thursday, same time and everything. Should be a fun one. Should be an interesting one. But alrighty then. Thank you guys again for coming out. Stay safe out there. Please wear your mask. And as always, Arriba la América. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.